All right, everyone, welcome to episode number 12 of Go With The Flow, um, the last episode before the the season finale with our special guest, President Eisgruber, uh, next Monday, I said the date that I released this, but my guest today is the very first sophomore that I've had on the show. I didn't even realize that I hadn't had a sophomore on all, all show, and I was like, I need some representation from every single year because I've talked a lot about the sophomores without actually having any of you on. But um, my guest today is my, my boy, Ali. Welcome to the show, Ali. Thank you, Flo. Thank you, Flo. Hi, everyone. I'm Ali Gindo, sophomore here at Princeton University. And yeah, thanks, Flo, for inviting me. I'm very excited for, for today's podcast. Me too. And um, so the way that we first met, mm. I think I'm going to give my version of things. Okay, okay. And then you're going to give your version of things because yeah. that's how I start every single episode. But it was preview. Actually, damn, I don't even remember the actual details. I just know it was preview. It was preview. Yeah. It was preview. You're pre so you were pre fresh, and I was a freshman. And I don't even remember how we first interacted, but I just remember meeting you, mm-hmm. spending some time with you, uh-huh. talking with you, answering some questions. I gave you my number. Yeah, I we like that. texted for a little bit, and I even actually went back in my phone to like see the first, the like first text that we had, and it was still my freshman year. And you were like, "Yo, bro, it's Ollie from Preview. Like, one one our club soccer tryouts." And I was like, "Oh my, who is this kid?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, and actually, you were deciding between where. Um. So at the time, like yeah, like you said, we met during Preview. At the time, I was really conflicted between Princeton and Yale. Princeton. And Those Yale. were my top two, and um. Yale, you know, obviously it's a great school. My sister, she goes to Yale now. She's a senior. So, and I visited a bunch of times and I really enjoyed it. So I was really, really conflicted. So then come preview time, I'm, um, I'm moving my luggage into my room, I think it was, with my mom. And no one was really helping us. Like, we had a lot of luggage. Wait, pre- no, that's not preview. You're talking about your freshman year. Oh, oh talking you about wouldn't, you year. wouldn't, yeah, you're, no, come on, you gotta take okay, it back. Okay, okay, I was, okay, I was okay, about okay, to say, okay. we'll get to that, we'll okay, get to, we'll get to, we'll get to that. that, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, 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 yeah, okay, preview, oh, sorry, my bad, yeah, that was the second time we started. Yeah, 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 <laughs> preview the very, very first time, um, yeah, we were, I was conflicted between both schools, and then I met, somehow, I think it was maybe at a Black Student Union meeting, something like that, or some club soccer, some sort of, some sort of meeting, I met you, and I got talking to you. I was like, yo, what's up? My name's Ali. What's your name? Then Flo's like, hey, my name's Flo. I didn't say my name's Flo. I said my name's Flo. <laughs> but then, um, yeah, I told you sort of what I was thinking about the whole Yale and Princeton thing. And I asked, you know, your honest opinions about which one to go to. And even from that day, you're just like very approachable. And you sort of took me under your wing that day. I remember that. Sort of like you and Jaylani took me under your wings. And you gave me a bunch of advice on which school to sort of go for, what, what your thoughts were. Uh, you told me how... Princeton, like firstly, like the club soccer at Princeton is really, really good comparatively to other other schools I was looking at. And you know, I've been playing soccer since I was like eight, so that was a huge thing for me. Um, you told me about just the general vibe of Princeton, the classes you take, the math here, how they're all sort of like top, top notch. And honestly, I think you two were probably some of the biggest reasons why I ended up choosing Princeton over Yale, and I'm I'm very, very glad I did. And every time you say that, I, and I tell you this every time you say that, yeah. I'm not going to give myself that much credit, and I don't believe you when you say that. Although it's, it's nice to hear, but it's, it's good to know that 
honestly, even just that little bit of a of a of a meeting that we had at preview was able yeah. to ha- have some sort of impact. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give myself that much credit and say <laughs> that me and Jelani are that huge of a reason why you came here. But and honestly, this is something that I do want to get into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Is even just the the impact that just knowing one person and just having one little meeting with someone is going to have on you. And so I'll talk about my my preview a little bit later. Sure, sure. But um, you said that you're on club soccer, so mm-hmm. I've asked everyone to talk about the things that they're involved in, so could you tell us all the different things that you're involved in around our, our wonderful campus? Sure, sure. So so club soccer is my main extracurricular. Um, I tried out as a freshman. I was actually really intimidated because there's a bunch of kids at tryouts, and they're like five days of, of tryouts, something like that. There are a lot of kids at tryouts. It's like, a hundred, it's like a, probably like around 100. I'd say probably more, like 150. Like, uh, like uh, Somewhere in between. It, somewhere yeah, it's, in between. It's a, lot, it's a lot of people. There are a lot of yeah. fields filled. I, I was pretty intimidated, and I knew I really wanted to play club soccer. So, you know, luckily I got on the team, and it's a great group of guys, including yourself and everyone else on the team. That's been probably my highlight of Princeton so far. So I do that. Um, on the side, outside of club soccer, you know, I'm a I'm a big piano guy. Wow. That's one of my yeah, piano guy. Okay, <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite pastime, I guess. So I've been classically trained when I was little, and then like come come middle school years, I said, you know, forget lessons. This isn't fun anymore. I just want to play what I want to play. So I started just like watching shows and then searching up the piano tutorials on YouTube, just learning like that. So that's sort of my favorite pastime, and then. Another club I'm involved in that I got. Wait, so to. what's the club that you're in that you play? Oh piano? no, no, for piano. Oh yeah, for piano, I'm not part of a club, but I take jazz piano lessons. Oh, like okay. Princeton offers piano lessons. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's actually pretty dope in the building near near Wawa. So pretty, um, the Lewis Center for the Arts. Yeah, the Lewis Center for yeah. the Arts. So um, so I started off classical, but I was like, I want to branch out, try jazz. Mm-hmm. It's actually a lot harder than I thought. Like, improving with jazz music, it's very very hard, but I'm loving it so far. And then. I'm also part of Capers. I, I recently joined it, which is an environmental sustainability club. Okay. And we work with the with the city of Princeton to, for example, map inlets. That's my current project right now. So uh, the town of Princeton can better um, sort of plan their sustainability efforts for the future. And I'm a big environment guy. I love wild animals. So <laughs> I it sounds a little weird. I was about to say. <laughs> it sounds a little weird, but I've always had this passion for like wild animals. And I just love sort of preserving their habitats. So I thought, hey, might as well try some sort of sustainability club. See, so, look at that. You yeah. learn something new every day. Every day. <laughs> I did not know you were a fan of wild animals. Did you Did you know that I went to I went to Kenya um, after my freshman year? Yeah, you told me a bit about that experience. Have I shown you pictures? No, you haven't actually. Wow. You so you haven't seen the that. video of me feeding an ostrich? No, I have not. That would be very I, cool to see. I have a lot to show you. And I also, okay, my view on animals is, is a, little, a little bit different. What's your view? I don't. I used to not appreciate them as much. Mm-hmm. I used to think we could do without them. Really? I remember I took wow. it, because I, I understand the whole, there's an ecosystem, and you mm-hmm. like take one animal out and it could collapse the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I never bought into that, okay? <laughs> so obviously there's some key animals that you could take out, and it yeah. might mess some stuff up. But I remember I took EEB, mm-hmm. uh, Ecology and Evolution and Bi- Biology, uh, 211, which is like the intro class. And our professor was trying to make the case for why all the animals mattered and about why we needed to preserve all of them. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you got some stuff like, I know this isn't an animal, but like mosquitoes. Yeah. What, what role do they play? Do we need mosquitoes? That's one animal that I really genuinely think we do not need. Agreed. Like okay. that is the one species of animal I really think we could do without. Agreed. Okay. What about ostriches? Do we need them? I don't think so. I think we do need ostriches. I think, okay, no, go. 
Because don't, when they run, I feel like they do something with the soil that fertilizes the soil or something. I just feel like they're one of those animals. That, that can't be real. That can't be real. No. I, honestly, I remember, I, there's, uh, do you know who Michael Che is? No. Michael Che. Actually, he's, no, I do know Michael Che. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a, the dude on SNL. Yeah, um, yeah. And so he has this one joke about Harambe. Because remember when the whole Harambe <laughs> thing where the kid like fell into yeah. the cage yeah, and then they had to kill the, kill the gorilla and everyone sad, was acting right? like, oh, everyone was very sad about Harambe. He was like... If every single gorilla disappeared this second, uh-huh. how long would it take people to find out? Probably a very long time. That's true. We wouldn't notice if we all the animals just... So, okay, so, okay, and I say all that to say, like, so that used to be my view on animals. And then I went to Kenya, and it was probably the most beautiful place I've ever been. Mm-hmm. The amount of wildlife, we would just be driving to the schools, and we would have, like, stop for the elephants, and there's just zebras, giraffes walking around. Everywhere. And I think that was the first time I finally appreciated wildlife. Mm-hmm. So, up until that point... I would have been in the boat of like all the animals could go. I don't mm-hmm. care about them. We don't need them. But now <laughs> I think harsh. I could I can share your appreciation for wildlife. Yeah, it's it's a very real appreciation. Like you said, <laughs> like you said, um, like the reason I sort of got into it is because I used to live in Johannesburg when I was younger. You're a well-traveled man. We'll get yeah, to that well too. Traveled <laughs> man. We'll get to that a little bit. But when I was in Johannesburg, my family and I used to go to this safari reserve called Sabi Sabi, and we just see you know cheetahs, leopards, just just like prowling, trying to catch prey. And you know, my eyes would get get wide when I get the chance to see these animals. Like obviously, I'm blessed to have been able to do it. But ever since then, I've been you know watching Discovery Channel and Planet Earth and just researching a bunch of facts about them. So yeah. I love What's them. your favorite animal? Because I have a favorite animal after my trip. My favorite animal? Yes. Is a cheetah. Okay. Because they like the way their bodies and bones are built. Their bones are built in such a light fashion that they can reach like 70 kilometers per hour. And I honestly just don't comprehend how a land animal can move that quickly. And they're the ones that can climb. Can they? Cl- which which no, no, are the leopards, big tigers can climb? Leopards, okay. leopards can climb. Okay. Okay. Tigers can climb. Okay. Cheetahs and lions don't really climb that much. But another reason I like cheetahs is because I sort of feel bad for them. Because compared to other big cats in Africa, they're actually pretty fragile and small. And actually, when they run these like really fast speeds, their heart starts beating so quickly that when they eventually catch their prey, they actually have to stop and they can't eat it before their heartbeat goes down or else they'll literally die. They'll overheat and die. And then because they're so weak, like other animals after they get a kill swoop in like hyenas, lions, and oftentimes take their kills. No, so, that's hilarious. I love. I, mean, that I you, think it's pretty sad. know it's pretty sad, but I, I, no, it's, I love that you know these facts. Like I would have never known that you would know all these facts about animals. But real quick, my favorite animal is a baby elephant. Why? Baby elephants. They are so cute. Because they look exactly like the big elephants, but Uh-oh. they're not as intimidating and huge. Uh-huh. So they're literally like knee length or knee height. <laughs> and they're just like cute little stuff. elephants. Yeah. They are so, the cutest little things ever. I would uh-huh. get a baby elephant. Did you see them in Kenya? I saw dude, of a course, bunch. Of yeah. course. Dude, I'll show you pictures after okay, this. Yeah. But okay, so my bad. Back to I said I like the sidetracks, but yeah, back to what else you do on campus. Or was that? Was sure, though, those those are probably pretty much the three the three main my three main activities on campus, yeah. So. And then you just joined Ivy, also. Yeah, luckily I, I got I got into Ivy, which is which is I'm very excited for for, for next. next year. Honestly, yeah, we'll talk about. Actually, no, we could. Um, let me Bicker. see. Honestly, let's let's talk about Bicker right now because, sure. like I said, you're the first sophomore that I've had on. Yeah. And I don't know about what it was like for you because you have to do it all very virtually. But at least I remember from my freshman year, it wasn't until the end of. The freshman year, so at the point when you guys had already been sent home, mm-hmm. when I really got to know a lot more about some of the different clubs. So mm-hmm. even just going to some on nights out that I hadn't gone to all year, going to some of the semis and the formals. Like I think the first time I went to Ivy was going to the semis my semis? freshman year, okay, okay. and so that was like at the very end of the year. And so was it was fun? Like, 
great time. Great time. Yeah, you great time. <laughs> great time. And so, what was it like for you going into Bicker without actually getting a full picture of the clubs? So did you think you were going in a little bit blind, or how did you make your decision about where you wanted to join? Yeah. So, so like you said, we got kicked off pretty early, um, unfortunately, but like for the right reasons. You know, I have to stay COVID safe. But obviously, it sucked, and I never really got the chance to experience eating clubs like nights out, especially for eating clubs. And I didn't get a chance to like eat at all the eating clubs. So a big part of the eating clubs I decided to bicker for and which one I ended up choosing was just the people I knew. So that was pretty much the main factor, pretty much the only thing I had I had going in, which which is great, of course, because it's nice to know people in different eating clubs. But like you said, I never really got the true experience. So I, I can sort of speak for me and like a lot of my friends that I've talked to this about. We did feel a little bit blind and a little bit nervous about going into the process just because we really had no clue how it was, no clue what it's like being a person in, you know, TI, in Ivy on a regular day, no clue what the people are like in these eating clubs. We just knew them outside of the eating clubs. So it was certainly a, a nerve-wracking experience. But but luckily, I knew a couple upperclassmen, like including yourself. So I, I, I just talked, I just reached out, tried to get as much advice on the process as I could, tips and tricks, or just what the eating club is like on a daily basis to sort of gauge and, and make my, my make my decision on which one I wanted to bicker. Yeah, and <clears throat> like you said, I I would assume that not knowing a lot about the clubs probably held some people back from bickering this yeah, year. For and sure. so is that what you is that the vibe that you've got? Yeah, a lot of my friends are deciding to fall bicker instead of bicker now just mm-hmm. because like for like the, the bicker processes on Zoom, mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't really vibing with that. Like Zoom's great, but it's just sometimes you really can't get your full personality across through the computer screen and I'm sure mm-hmm. you know that. Yeah. And also, like, Zoom fatigue, like, you're sitting at a screen just staring at it for hours. It's a real thing. Uh-huh. And Bicker's a pretty long process, I, I won't lie. It's a pretty, pretty long process. And sitting, you know, in front of the computer screen, it, it can get hard. So a lot of my friends, um, they decided, yeah, I'm just going to wait till fall when we're hopefully back in person. And you know, more of that personality and more natural dynamics in conversations can, can occur during Bicker. Yeah, and I, we, we're still at a, a very interesting point because you, you guys have now been members for uh, the last... And I put that in quotations because yeah. it's been... you What? Bigger was like a few months ago at this mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not like we've been able to really connect as a club. Mm. And so I think you guys have finally gotten your, your gear shipments. And so I'll be walking around campus and I'll see like kids in Ivy, Ivy hoodies gear. and yeah, Ivy yeah. gear. And I'm like, are you a senior or are you a sophomore? <laughs> like, I, I, did, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I want to go say what's up. But like at the same time, like now, just wait till things are more normal. Mm-hmm. So... Does it, do you, and you could say the answer could be no to this, and it probably is no. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you are a part of the club yet? Because it will change eventually, but mm-hmm. at this point, do you feel like you're a part of the club at all? Outside of my close friends in the club, uh, I wouldn't say I feel like I'm a big part of the club yet. Like, of course, we have our group chats and everything, but I don't feel, like, just because of COVID, just because of the circumstances, we haven't really had an opportunity to meet upperclassmen that we don't know. We haven't, op- we haven't had an opportunity to just walk in to Ivy whenever we want. Like, that's, like, being a freshman, that sort of seems like a privilege to us. Like, <laughs> like oh, the upperclassmen are so cool. They can literally just walk in the club whenever they want or on a night out. They don't have to text five different people, yo, can I get a pass? Can I get on the list? It's actually, yeah, we're, like, we're starry-eyed about that. It's a huge privilege. So I, we haven't really had the opportunity to do even that, that simple thing of just walking through the doors whenever we want. So I'm, like, I'm very happy to be in Ivy, but I don't feel yet that I'm part of I part of the eating club itself but I am confident based on the people I know and based on stories I've heard about Ivy that when we do hopefully get back in the fall and everything things start to go back to normal that 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 
mesh will be really, really smooth between the sophomore. Well, now it will be juniors and seniors, and I don't think there will be a lot of awkwardness just because of the nature of Ivy, hopefully. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I, that probably will be the case across the board. Mm -hmm. I would assume that across all the clubs, not just for us, a lot of the sophomores don't feel like they're a part of it yet, mm -hmm. but when we come back in, this, in the fall and hopefully things are regular, um, everyone's going to be so ready to hit the ground running that every single one of the clubs will just do the most that we can to yeah. get people feeling like they are mm -hmm. really members of the club. Yeah. So <clears throat> kind of backtracking a little bit because uh, Bigger was this fall. Sure. I mean, this spring. And taking sure. it back to, to your fall semester, sure. could you explain what your living situation was in the, in the fall semester for the people? Yeah, for sure. So beginning of fall, I was in Boston, just back home because I'm from Boston. So that was like right before school started. But I knew that I sort of wanted to have sort of a Princeton experience outside of school. Like, I love my family, of course. We all do. But, <laughs> but you know, when school hits, your parents are in the house 24-7. Things just get, can get really stressful. They're always checking, you know, did you do your homework? Did you do extra work? Oh, reach out to this teacher right now. Things just get pretty overwhelming, you know, chores and everything like that. So I just wanted to sort of get out of the house and have sort of a, a Princeton-like experience as much as I could outside of the house. So what I did, um, my boy Ayo, who's also one of, he's probably... Shout out to Ayo. We'll get, to Ayo. I'll get him on here. You should eventually. get him on here. Oh, like, of course. Of course. You know interesting Ayo. guy. Okay. I love Ayo. Yeah, he does yeah. it all. He does it all. He does of course, it all. Of course. Great guy. But he was one of my first friends at Princeton as well. Met him through, actually through Holder Hall. Like we just lived close to each other. And we just sort of hit it off through soccer. And then we became like very, 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 very close friends. So he and his girlfriend, Rachel, who I'm also close friends with, sort of got to talking. We're like, oh, let's sort of have a house or try and get a, a living arrangement in some area that's cheap so we can have a mini Princeton, I guess. Mm -hmm. So we ended up moving to um, getting a place in Connecticut. Like the actual process of getting was like a bit of a hassle. Like it was very last minute searching <laughs> on Zillow. I'm sure like a lot of people, a lot of you guys know, like searching on Zillow for, for random arrangements from random people. But eventually when we got there, yeah, I'm very, I'm very glad I, I, I went. It was, it did get overwhelming at points just because there's a lot of Princeton kids, a lot of energy in a house and a lot of moving pieces, but it wasn't that sort of overbearing feeling that I felt like I'd get at home. Is I, I had a lot more independence. I could go outside when I want and just, just sort of do my own thing. And, you know, on the weekends and stuff, you can have fun, much more fun than I would at home. You know, just like, I don't know, like watching movies. <laughs> I don't know, me and my mom watch a lot of movies. Like, it's fun, but at, at the same time, you know, I'm in college. I want that college experience. Yep. I, like to, I like to have a lot of fun, if you know me. So um, I know, yeah, we know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. We won't get into that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so so yeah, we moved to Connecticut. We were there for the first half of the semester. I'm glad I went, honestly, and I did feel like I got a bit of Princeton, like considering all the the horrible circumstances with COVID. And you know, we stayed safe in our little bubble, so that was that was great. Mm -hmm. No, no COVID scares really. So. Yeah, and, yeah and, so, and so everything you said is, I think, pretty normal. I think there were a lot of people who got houses in remote locations with a group of people that they knew. Yeah. But could you explain the, the, the makeup of the people that you were with? Oh, sure, sure, sure. So, so it was a bit, it was, it was a little random. Exactly. Yeah, this is what I'm trying to get into. <laughs> it was a little random. I wasn't personally in charge of, like, the recruiting process. Uh-huh. Because, like I said, it was, like, very, very last minute. We were like, we just need a house. So we found this huge house that cost, like, sort of a lot but we thought if we get a lot of people mm -hmm. then um the price would go down and yeah, be yeah, manageable yeah. and be less than like living off on campus yeah. for example so rachel and i were like reaching out to a bunch of people and some of them were like completely random yep. who we didn't even know like i i didn't know like half the people going in um like at all never heard of them a couple of them were freshmen as well so like freshmen i had no clue who they were 
they all ended up being like very very chill like one of my best homies like steven he was a freshman he's trying out for club soccer and everything but i met him through the house he was living there um like abby karis chloe thomas like all of them they yeah, you, sort just, of, you just name dropping everybody yeah, I, yeah just shout them out they better listen to the but podcast they, but they, it was like it was a very very random random process and i, I I'm, I'm not gonna lie i was a little sussed out because <laughs> i wasn't really in charge of it i was just sort of I let Io and Rachel handle it. I was a little sussed out, like, are like, who are these people I'm, I'm going to be living with for the next couple months? But, I mean, we got there. Literally, like, the first night, we just, we all just, like, bonded. Like, everyone was very, very outgoing. Everyone was relaxed, chill, and we all sort of shared a similar vibe. We were able to live together in a in a pretty, pretty like, chill way, so... I, yeah, it worked out in the end, but it was a little sus to begin with. Yeah, I was about to say that that was the most the most fascinating thing yeah. about about that story to me is the fact that you it was you and two of your really close friends, and then you just found a yeah, bunch of other people. random people, yeah. and not even just people in your year. <laughs> you just found Literally a bunch of freshmen never met before. And the freshmen did they did any of them know each other, or was it just like six no, random freshmen? No, I think two of the freshmen know, knew each other, but the rest. It sounds like you, honestly, that sounds like a reality TV show right it there. It does, it does. Just a bunch of different college students, mm-hmm. freshmen, sophomores moving into exactly. one house in a remote location and see see what could happen based off of but that. But I, I think it's actually indicative of what Princeton's like as well because just to be able to just have, like the only link we really had was that we all go to Princeton. And to be able to come into a house and still have a good experience just shows you like the communities Princeton sort of has and how like everyone, uh, maybe not everyone, but a lot of kids in this school like really approachable, just nice people. That's what I found my first two years here. So that's sort of like, it was sort of nice to see like, oh, this this is like, this is Princeton life. Like people at Princeton are pretty chill and you can't get together with people you, you literally don't know and still have a great time with them. Agreed. And yeah. and I'm, I'm glad that it worked out for you. But again, every I remember the first time you told me that, I was like, how did that even, it was just random kids. How did you find freshmen? So just random. a random place in the middle of Connecticut. Yeah. But again, I'm glad that it worked out for you. But because like you said, um, you weren't the only ones who like found houses. Yeah. Like there were people all, literally all over the country who mm-hmm. were just making stuff happen in the fall. A lot of people but in the, Florida and stuff. Like again, that's there. yeah, that's just the the nature of that of that fall semester, and yeah. that is one thing we as stories will have to tell honestly for the rest of our lives. Because mm-hmm. who who knows what other college group will live through a pandemic and be able to take classes from anywhere and just mm-hmm. with random people and houses all over the country. It's a so, first. It's a first. <laughs> it really is. Real. It really is a first. Okay, so then. Um, and you just mentioned as you as we were telling that story, I, I not that I forgot, but I yeah, you and uh, Io also lived in Holder, yeah, which was also another like another link. another another link because <laughs> okay, so now you could tell like when ah uh, yes, yeah yes. yeah back to that story uh, back to the original <laughs> yeah story we, started we, we started in the present and then we're working our way back <laughs> yeah so back to the original story so I sort of messed up the, at the beginning but I met Falarin at Preview at one of these events and you know start texting him and everything. And then when I got back to Princeton, um, it was the first day we were moving in. And like I said earlier, I was moving in stuff with my mom into Holder Hall, I think room 42 or something like that. And um, like we were struggling, we had a lot of bags. And Falarin, being the nice guy he is. Nice guy that I am. Great guy, great role model. And then um, he, he went out of his way. He was walking with two friends, but he like left the friends and he came up to us. Introduced himself to my mom, which if you know my mom, that's like a big thing. Like, my parents raised me well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, like, my mom knows, like, if you don't introduce yourself to my mom, she'll, like, make a note of it. But he said, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Falarin. Uh, I'm a current, soft, current sophomore. I know Ollie a little bit. Let me help you move your stuff in. So Falarin took some time out of his day, helped us carry our bags up those two flights of stairs to our room, got me settled in, you know, talked to my mom a little bit. And then he was like, yeah, if you ever need anything, um, just text me. And the big thing about Falarin is that, 
I notice like maybe not a lot, but sometimes in life when you're meeting new people and they say like text me if you need anything, sometimes when you text them, they don't really like text back. They're just saying it sort of to be nice. But with Falarin, um, you know, every time I text him, every time I reached out for advice on literally everything, he would call me. Like we'd get lunch sometimes, and just he he showed he he showed me the ropes of Princeton. I'll say that he showed me the ropes of Princeton. Met my mom, helped me move in. So yeah, you're a, a great help. Hey man, and, and honestly, yeah, we'll talk about this talk about this like right after this. But I just the one quick note that I want to say is, you know, I was actually I was working a job. Really? Yeah. At the which job? At, no, at the at the at moving day, I was part of the moving crew. Oh, I didn't know that. So it was my job. Oh, oh. I thought you just did that randomly. I, I was I was going. actually getting paid. <laughs> okay. To help people move their stuff okay, into their okay. room. <laughs> and I will say though, no, because I did remember you. So obviously, yes, I, I I'm making a joke about it, but I was getting paid mm-hmm. to help people move their stuff in the room. But because I remembered you, I did. Do like the little extra, like oh, introduce, like I was introducing myself to everyone's mom. Like I didn't care that much. So yeah, but it's just funny that I was paid to be there at that moment. That. <laughs> yeah, and, that was, and I also remember because I think so. The way I think, um, you had gone upstairs mm-hmm. to, so you were moving stuff in the room. Then I was downstairs helping your mom out, mm-hmm. and I think I was like, oh, you're Ali's mom, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like. How could you guess? Because, like, we were, like, the only black only people black. there. <laughs> it's so obvious. The only black people. But, like, I, did, I didn't know. I was like, duh. She was like, it's okay. It's like, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> so, she understood. Yeah, she, she understood. So, yeah, that's just a, a funny little story. Mm-hmm. But then um, what you just mentioned about um, me showing you the ropes, yeah. uh, per se, I think that's something that I do want to get into a little bit. Sure. And I want to take it all the way back to my preview experience because mm-hmm. – um, I remember showing up to preview. I it was it's, you know it's a Princeton University. Yeah, I had never had any, any exposure to this top university in the world before, so I just came in very confused, a little bit scared. Met a bunch of weirdos at preview, so I was like, oh, I'm kind of terrified right now. Like I don't is this what I'm about to be getting myself yeah. into potentially? Um, but then there was I think Black Together is what what they call it. So it's like mm-hmm. when BSU at that time was OBME um, and all the, just the different Black organizations on campus. They have an event for the pre-frost to we go to CAF and then we just they just host us, ask us questions, mm-hmm. just make us feel comfortable. And I still remember there were some freshmen that I met. Not freshmen. I was a pre-frost. There were some. First of all, I met Jared Young there. Pretty sure yeah, that's yeah, where I met him. Yeah. And then there were some juniors at that time. So when I came in, there were seniors mm-hmm. who very similarly for like what you're saying I did to you they just like took the time out answered all my questions mm-hmm. showed me around I remember I was going to go I was the first time I went to went into Dillon mm-hmm. the first time you're in there it's a very confusing building I, I, I got so lost the, the, lay, yeah, the, yeah. the layout makes no sense. The layout makes <laughs> no, no sense. sense even I still work there and people will come for the first time and ask like oh uh, how do I get to the fitness center and I'm like duh <laughs> you gotta you gotta go right, right go down right. the stairs go down the long hallway make another right it makes no sense, no but, sense. but I say I say that to say the, um one of these uh, juniors, mm-hmm. he saw me in there. I was like, "Hey, man, where? Like, where is this?" He literally like walks me down there, just like shows me around, explains everything to me. Mm-hmm. He also very similar, like, "Oh, if you ever need anything, make sure you hit me up." He it was like during the year I was like struggling a little bit in physics. He was like, "Oh, dude, like this is my boy. Like, I'll connect you with them. He could help you. He could tutor you." Just that little sort of thing that makes a much bigger difference than you would actually realize. Mm-hmm. And I think for me that was the one thing where. I really appreciated what these people did for me. And I, even to them, it probably didn't feel like anything, but it made all the difference in the world because you coming in, you're like, oh, this is such a yeah, foreign and a scary yeah. place. And they just make you feel that much more comfortable. And so even from that moment, it's like, 
going forward, it's my job to pay it forward in mm-hmm. any any small way that I can. Yeah. So whether that was with you or with anyone else in your year, mm-hmm. and actually as recently as um, <clears throat> a few weeks ago, I even it was like like a week and a half ago at this point, mm-hmm. I got connected with this kid who's a pre-frosh, so 2025, also decided between here and Yale. So wow. the similar stu- stories, yeah. Exact, very similar stories. And so I hopped on Zoom with them for like an hour and a half, answered all, the, all his questions. Um, I was like, if you need anything, reach out to me. Mm-hmm. And then he texted me on Sunday morning. He was like, hey, man, like I'm coming to visit Princeton. Um, do you have anywhere that you think I should go check out? I was like, my God, I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Say less. Say I got less. you. I got you. So it was, it was sun, last Sunday. It was like rainy and cold, but I showed him, his mom, and his dad around the whole campus, mm-hmm. answered all their questions, just trying to pay it forward pay and for it. make him feel like he's walking into something that he'll be able to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And even just doing that with the hope that you will do that for someone else, mm-hmm. he will do that for someone else, and that's just the way that it keeps going. Because yeah, this is a very, very scary place to... Okay, I don't want to say it's a scary place to come no, I, I do think I, th- it, I think it's pretty scary first when you first get here because just like the, the reputation and you feel like everything's going to be competitive. You always have to be like number one and everything. So I think it is like very scary coming in, right? Actually, no, yeah, you're right. So yeah, so it is a scary place coming in. So it's, it's necessary for people mm-hmm. to try to make that process easier, easier for other people. Yeah. And so um, from your, do you... Was there anyone else who you met at preview that sort of did like made that same sort of impression, or was it just like me, Jelani? Yeah, top two were, were you and Jelani. I'm number one, Jelani's number two. Yeah, yeah. Just, just for the very clear record. Florence one, Florence one, <laughs> Jelani two. Um, and then also, his name was Sam. He was the guy I stayed with because mm-hmm. I, I remember in preview like we stayed in in people's dorms yeah. for a night. Yeah. So his name was Sam. I forgot his last name. But he was a very nice guy, um, and he also sort of showed me the ropes and he introduced me to a lot of his friends. He was another big guy. Another guy who sort of showed me the ropes is a, guy, a kid called Richard Ma. I think he's in your year. Um, I actually, the summer before I came to Princeton, I worked at a place called Boston Scores in Boston, which was sort of like a, a soccer camp for um, kids whose English is, is their second language. So we'd go there, do like English and math during the day, and then do soccer during the afternoon. And it was actually, I think it's called Peaks internship, picks, yeah, picks, 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 yeah, 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 picks, yeah, picks internship. Yeah, yeah. So he was actually doing a picks internship uh, from Princeton at Boston Scores, and I hadn't gone. I wasn't at Princeton yet. But that was my summer before. Mm-hmm. So we like started talking like, oh, I'm going to Princeton too. So during that summer, like whenever I got the chance, I'd ask him about Princeton life, and I've met him a couple times on campus already, and we've had lunch and stuff. He knows he's always been checking in on me. So like like you said, just having even like one person that you can just bounce off bounce questions off on is I think that's been one of the most key parts about Princeton because the thing about Princeton is a lot of small things you don't like you won't really know like the best places to eat the best dining halls to eat what times to eat at um you know what to do in Frist or just what to do like best restaurants on NASA for example there are just so many little things that can make your college experience that much better that if you don't necessarily like know or have one person you can sort of reach out to um then it, you know, it just makes it that much harder. So like my advice for any freshman or like new people coming in, just try to meet at least one person who can just ask anything to. And people here are really approachable, like you and Jay. Um, people very rarely say no if you know, come at them nicely. <laughs> and if you're excited about it, like if someone came up to me nicely and excited about it, I'd love to help them out because that's just sort of the culture we have here. So just have that having that one person really, really shaped my my past and even like the classes I'm taking. I talked to you and Jelani a lot about my major decision, like ORF. You introduced me to a couple people in ORF. Um, 
like like Mason. He's an orf. Uh, Mason Wasserman. Yes, of course. Yeah, so you you started introduce me to him, and he's I've been asking him questions all this semester because I've been struggling in three oh seven. It's a difficult class for real. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's been helping me out this semester. So just just knowing you know upperclassmen particularly um, to help you sort of understand the how Princeton works has been has been great. And honestly, even just bringing it full circle, like you said, mm-hmm. just the fact that knowing upperclassmen is so important. I think that's another reason why joining club soccer was so huge. Yeah. Because just like you said, for you, you join it day one, mm-hmm. and by that weekend, we're having initiations, we're going mm-hmm. pregames. Like we it's automatically fun. just know juniors and seniors. Like, yeah. oh my god, they can sort of help. Yeah. They can help us out. <laughs> help help us out a little bit. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah, definitely, that is a def one piece of advice. And mm-hmm. I was just talking to another freshman this morning. I was like, when you come in the fall. Just put yourself out there and join mm-hmm. one club because that automatically exposes you to people in every mm-hmm. year. And then that's just how you start your, your network and you start building it out. And then just another um, – so from your high school, did yeah. – were you the only one who came to Princeton? Yeah, I was actually the first one ever from my from my high school in Boston. Wow, get, look, at, look at this guy. Wow, yeah, first sure. one ever. First one ever to get into Princeton and Yale. So that was a pretty hype hype accomplishment so but um, you said your sister got into Yale yeah but she didn't go to because uh, okay, we, before okay. that I was only in so really quickly I was only in Boston for my grade 12 year mm-hmm. before that I was living in Montreal from grade 9 through grade 11 well traveled man well traveled like I man, said yeah. I'll ask you about that soon <laughs> and my sister she actually graduated in Montreal so she didn't do any school in Boston okay so I went to a small school called Newman School and yeah I was the first for, for Princeton and Yale which was which is a very hype accomplishment I was very happy about yeah, and so the reason that I asked that is that's so that's another thing that could potentially have put you at, at an advantage mm-hmm. if you came and known people. Because mm-hmm. from my school, um, we usually let me just touching on this real quick. Mm-hmm. So we knew that we had a special year. My class of 2018 no, at West Plans or High School South, we knew we were different, we'll for and we knew that things might fall off a little bit after us. So uh-huh. so usually we get like around like eight people in so mm-hmm. my year we had nine people who got in seven who came the year above me i think it's like seven eight just like that mm-hmm. above and then the year after us class 2019 they had three people got in and mm-hmm. only two came mm-hmm. and then the last two years there's been one each one each wow so wow. they just oh, they've been what dropping happened? the ball so we knew stuff would fall off but not like this mm-hmm. but i digress so <laughs> i digress um the reason i bring that up is even just coming in and knowing Mm-hmm. the upperclassmen who mm-hmm. went to my high school that made a world of a difference even mm-hmm. Angela who was episode either four or five yeah. who we weren't that we did a club in high school together but we weren't even that close but even just coming in being able to ask her questions mm-hmm. um, there was a girl in my year whose sister who went to Yale whose sister was a senior at Princeton our freshman year mm-hmm. um, and just her being able to ask her questions just knowing that I have that West Windsor connection yeah. it, it, it makes a difference, makes a world of difference. and um, it, it just like when even in my year it's been nice like when I first came in and being able to just walk around and mm-hmm. just recognize some familiar faces even our boy Keith yeah, Keith. Shout out to Keith. Keith Re- shout out Keith Register. Shout out Keith Register. Guy That's yes, our sir. guy. I'm going to try to get him on this podcast. Yeah. First time I texted him to come on, he was like, nah. I was like, Ex- you <laughs> Excuse just... Me. And, but now that, first of all, now that Isgruber came on the podcast, uh-huh. no one has an excuse to say no. That's true. If I ask if you to come on the podcast, you're coming on the podcast. So, Keith, you're probably not listening. I'm going to tell you to listen. <laughs> um, and when you do, you better you, be on here. you'll be on season yeah. two. I'm going to get you on here. Because yeah. I think Keith and I, we are probably closer friends and we like each other more now than we did in high school. I would say. That's dope. That's so dope. that's just something I never would have expected. Mm-hmm. But even just the little things like that, being able to have those familiar faces yeah. coming in makes yeah. makes a world a, a world of a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. 
so yeah, that's kind and also of, also like like quickly on that point. I didn't like I didn't have that so much, so I knew a couple upperclassmen, but I didn't come in knowing anyone in my year. But for me, it wasn't like too too hard, just because like in my life, every three four years, I've been moving around to different places. Let's talk about that right now. Oh yeah, we so you're a world travel yeah, man. Yeah, travel, yeah. You're a world travel. Tell me, just tell me, <laughs> tell me everybody, tell the people we'll everywhere sh- you've lived. We'll sh- feel, I, I, I. So <laughs> I died. <died. laughs> so uh, I was actually born in Amsterdam, Netherlands. Lived there for about four years. Dutchman. Dutchman. Yes, yes. I speak a little bit of Dutch. Oh. A little bit. Though. I lost a lot, but I can, <laughs> I can get around the city. Um, so I was born in Amsterdam. Lived there for four years. Then I moved to Johannesburg, South Africa. Lived there about for about three, three and a half years, which was a very cool experience. Like I mentioned, the safaris and everything were very, very, very dope. Then I moved back to Amsterdam, actually, um, from grade one through grade four. I don't really know the ages of that. Yeah. <laughs> then, then I crossed the Atlantic, came to a town called Summit, New Jersey, which is in Union County, which is like an hour north of Princeton, near, sort of near New York. Um, lived, I was there from grade five to grade eight. Then high school, I moved to Canada, Montreal. So grade nine to grade 11 was, was, was my Montreal years, which were probably like, my, that was the fav- my favorite place I've ever lived, Montreal by far. And then grade 12, I moved to Boston, and I've been in Boston since. So now I'm in Boston slash Princeton. So yeah, every three, four years, been hopping around different places, you know. So I'm used to being the new kid. Okay, so I was about yeah. to ask that. So you, you did, you just answered the question I was about to ask. So you said Montreal is the favorite place you've lived? Why? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Bunch of reasons. Oh, I, honestly, like, I could go on for hours about Montreal. But um, I think probably the biggest reason is because it was in my high school year, so it was my most formative years. So the friendships I was making were more... I want to say genuine, but they're just more—they were deeper than mm-hmm. like my middle school friends. I'm still friends with them, of course, but the high school years are just are just different. I also started getting into a lot of leadership roles. Um, started taking school a lot more seriously. Uh, started getting into soccer a lot more seriously, and just the city itself is very, its a very very fun city. Like you can go and pretty much do anything at 18 years old in mm-hmm. Montreal. And there's a bunch of spots at night to go to. Um, the way your eyes just lit up. <laughs> <laughs> I can do everything at 18. You can do everything at 18. <laughs> no, there's a bunch of dope spots at night. The the people there are really, really nice. A lot of parks to go to, just like natural, like Mont Tremblant, stuff like that. You speak French? A, a little bit. I'm just, I Look at this dude. He, he got a little bit of Dutch, a little bit of <laughs> little French, little classical little piano, little soccer. What doesn't this man do? Oh, yeah. my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little renaissance man. Little man. Renaissance man. Okay, okay. But there's just a bunch of stuff to do in Montreal. Um, I, and I love my school as well. I was fortunate enough to be head boy grade 11, which is pretty much like class president, I, th- I think. Yeah, it's basically. The, yeah, in, the we, in Nigeria, that was a thing. Yeah, too. so yeah, class yeah. president, head boy. So that was a really, really great experience just to represent my school. Actually, being the first black head boy, that was. Wow. Uh, I'm, about that. I'm, in the, I'm in the presence of greatness <laughs> right now. Wow. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a really, really cool experience, you know, controlling assemblies and pep rallies. I just, and that was a great way to sort of end my, my, um, my run in, in Montreal, and then finally just gradu- graduation because in Montreal you actually graduate grade eleven, like that's for the whole of the province of Quebec, because normally kids go to a thing called Cégep, which is sort of a two-year pre-university, and that's sort of the traditional. So you graduate grade eleven, go to Cégep. So grade eleven, we actually had our high school graduation. Okay. And yeah, it was just a ton of fun. We got like a, a nice like the group I was with. We got like a nice limo, and we're getting lit in the limo. Then we went to like some look the lookout, and we took great pictures. Then had a great after party. So that like graduation was one of my favorite times of my life. So all that put together makes Montreal my favorite place. 
And I've actually I've been so I've been to I went to Montreal for a wedding oh, really? um, a That's few years ago, and I also really remember liking Montreal because mm-hmm. that was my first time in Canada, mm-hmm. and so obviously I would imagine that all the different parts of Canada are very different. Like mm-hmm. I doubt Montreal is like um, Vancouver is like Toronto, but I really like that it seemed like it has a distinct culture, it does, which I wasn't really sure. expecting from Canada. Because I hear Canada, I'm like, oh, it's like knockoff America. Uh huh. That's, That's a, lot of <laughs> a lot of people think that, but I think it's a it's a better version of America. Hot take. Hot take. Was it? it was it? Just, were you the one saying it had to be you? You were saying uh, Montreal is one of the best places to visit in the world. Oh yeah, no, I I, I firmly believe Montreal is the best city to visit in the world. The best. Yes. city. and I've visited a lot of places. I, think I mean, you said you are you're well traveled. You, <laughs> yeah. you have the credentials, but I don't know if anyone would support that take. For people our age, and you're like 18 through 22 years, I really believe Montreal is the best place to visit. But the legal age is 18 in, like, Europe also, so that's not, like, a... That's that's true. That's true. But just the culture of Montreal, like, the, the type of nights out you get. A lot of celebrities come to Montreal, believe it or not. Who the hell goes to Montreal? Name one celebrity who's been to Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of hockey players. Oh, a lot of hockey okay. players. <laughs> um, Nav comes to Montreal. Oh, the so rapper? Yeah. Is, yeah. It, is he, isn't he Canadian? Yeah, he's Canadian. I think he's from, he's from, like, outside of Toronto. He's from Ontario somewhere. Okay. But he comes to Montreal quite a bit. Um, but but you'll you'll see you'll see some famous people in Montreal because it is it's a it's like one of those low key famous places you know okay. hmm. where a lot of famous people come but on, on a more low key note. Okay, is yeah. that so? On a more low key. Okay. But I, I honestly think it's the best city to visit, and the food there is it's, it's delicious. And so you said you've moved around a lot, so mm-hmm. you think that definitely helped your transition into Princeton because you're used to always having to hop around a lot. Yeah, literally, always the new kid. I've always had to sort of wherever I am, I've always. Like, try to just be myself and just put myself out there and try my best not to be shy, even though, of course, it's scary sometimes. Mm-hmm. But every time I'm in, I'm in a new place, I'm never afraid to, you know, raise my hand or talk to a new friend group just to get to know them. And so far in my life, that's worked for me. Just being myself, being like a happy, fun guy, always, you know, up to try new things, always up to meet new people. And that's helped me a lot in Princeton to meet a bunch of people. And I met a lot of great people here so far. Fantastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're going to transition into... Some, some things that are a little more uh, recent, I guess. And sure, so sure. we just had course selection mm. this past week. Mm. Um, I don't know about you, yeah. but for me, this school has something against me. <laughs> and they're, for some reason, um, just Tiger Hub and Princeton mm. University, I don't know who it is specifically. Now that I'm Boys or Eyes Group, I'm going to have to give them a call yeah, about yeah, this. I'm going to hit them up about this. But the way that I've never been able to get into a like a competitive class that I want to, yeah. one that you know that is going to fill up pretty soon, mm-hmm. the way I've never been able to get into any of those. Wow. So because usually I'm taking like when I was taking um, Gen Chem, which is a hundred some people, and mm-hmm. Gen Physics and Intro Neuro class and all these different classes, I'm able to get into the classes easy. easy, easy. But then all of a sudden, so this semester there was a the, there was an entrepreneurship class that I wanted to take. Mm-hmm. And I wake up at 7.30 a.m. 7.20, actually, because for some stupid reason, stupid reason, mm-hmm. course selection's at 7.30 a.m. I don't know whose idea that yeah, was. I don't know who made that up. <laughs> What's the point? Very stupid. Make you guys wake up early for what? <laughs> for what purpose? So I wake up at 7.20 so I can uh-huh. be at my laptop and ready by 7.30. Mm. I'm like, oh, this class has 40 spots. I'm like, I'm, I, I was yeah. so excited. I was like, oh, this is lit. Let's go. I'm ready. So I wake up. 7.20. Now, I literally have an app that is, like, counting the seconds, so I'll be ready for when it hits 7.30. <laughs> like, that's how much I was getting into it. Uh-huh. I go, I'm on course selection, I hit uh, next next fall, I hit enroll, mm-hmm. 
Oh, no, first, no, no, no. First of all, nothing happened. Which is, I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. like, wait, 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 what's going on uh-huh. here? And then, like, 30 seconds later, I see I got green for all the other classes that I have to take, but yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then the one that I want is a big ass X right there. That's tough. The way that I was so <laughs> tough. I'd be, I'd be heated. And the story has a happy ending, but first, how, how did your course selection go? I mean, I have very strong opinions about course selection. Let them wanna, out. This is why we're here. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble because I don't know how the system works. What system is going to get you in trouble for true, trashing true, on true, course true, selection? True, true, true. Please let your let, let your feelings be heard. So I've talked about this with my family, my sister who's at Yale. We just think it's the most stupid system I've, we've ever seen in our lives, just the way it works, how you have to hit it at exactly 7.30 or whatever time your slot is. And then like classes you really need, like for me, I, I need for certain classes for my certificate or major. They just get filled up so easily, and oftentimes there's literally nothing you can do about it. I just think it's such a, a weird system. They should be a lot more transparent about how like the timing works because, like you said, I was up at seven fifteen actually. You know, I was listening to my little Uzi because I, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm about to get my classes. Seven fifteen is low too early to <laughs> to ever listen to little Uzi, but carry on. But I need to get hyped to to click the button. And like you said, I was watching my clock with the seconds. As soon as 7.30 hits, I click the enroll thing. And then in the top right corner, there's just a little spinning icon. I'm just waiting. I'm like, what, what's happening? And I click it again because I think I messed up or something. But it just it's just loading. Then I go, and then two of my four classes I'm taking next semester, big X's. Damn. And there's just nothing you can do about it. So I just don't get how the universe, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they have to do something because there's nothing else we can do at that point. If we click the button at exactly 7.30, like, there has to be, like, there, it makes no sense that so many of us aren't getting the classes we actually need or actually enjoy. Um, luckily for me, I emailed one of the teachers for the two classes I missed. Um, it was a CEE 344, which is Global Environmental Issues, I think. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm, I'm really interested in sustainability in the environment. So I sent her like a nice little email about how I want to be in her class. And luckily, she allowed me. She So I'm in the class for next semester. So that, that was great. That's but still, it's just a very, very, like you said, it's a very stressful process. And even you, you're like an upperclassman and everything. And you, because I, I I was under the impression that when you get to the upperclassman years, you get angry, you guarantee the class. But I mean, she, I mean <laughs> you, you would think. I literally yeah, sent out that. So I, so 7 o'clock, uh-huh. or 7.30, didn't get it. 7.32, I also emailed the professor of this class, also nicely composed an mm-hmm, email mm-hmm. about like how I really want to be in this class. Mm-hmm. It's my, uh, like, I was like, uh, I'm a neuro major doing an AS certificate. I haven't had that much time to take class outside my major and certificate. Mm-hmm. It's about to be my senior fall. Yeah. I was really looking forward to taking your class, which all these things were true, but obviously you got to put it in words. Sent that out at 7.32. Mm-hmm. But after 7.32, I was pissed. Because I was like, is I'm not getting this class. And I literally, I go tweet, I literally tweeted, I was like, when you think course selection is going to work out for you just because you're a senior it's like it was like a clown emoji that i put yeah. with it because that was me but then he gets back to me at like 12 noon like oh you got it sign up at 4 p.m nice a lot that's lucky that's that nice. was that's nice. that was the highlight of my uh-huh. whole week to this day i'm still cheesing <laughs> still about still cheesing because you brought up the the key distinction about first of all not being able to get into classes that you want mm. like to actually enjoy because uh, you actually are enjoyed it you are actually interested in taking it mm-hmm. and you're also not able to get the classes that you need, need and it's like graduate if yeah. we can't get into the ones that we need or the ones we want what the hell am i getting into <laughs> Dude, what am i gonna take what, what, I, what do i take <laughs> what and, I, I take? and that's probably <laughs> a reason no that's probably a reason why a lot of people 
or at least for me, like there's some semesters that I enjoy way more than others because I'm just in four classes that are happen to be the ones that I, that I get into. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, there's four others that I really want to be in, and but I just can't get into them. Yeah. And so it, it makes no sense. And also, like for science and STEM, you have to take a lot of classes to graduate. Like I need these classes now to to sort of schedule out my whole four years. And just the fact that they're just never available is just very, very frustrating. That's one part of Princeton I really do not like. And the course selection makes course selection no sense. I should have talked about. I, I should because this happened pre Eisgruber interview. I could have uh-huh. brought this up with them because, like I said, I was pushing my agenda for forty five minutes. I should have uh-huh. been like, my boy, we got to we got to do something <laughs> about this, or just like slide me a link, let me register five minutes beforehand. I don't care about everybody. You're else. Worry about the rest. Just, of yeah, just let yeah yeah just let, let, link. let me let me sort myself out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's course selection. Yeah. I think was. A big thing that they needed to to be discussed, okay. um, and then we're actually already at forty eight minutes. Wow! And so Time let's get flies. into the what's up? Time flies. That's oh, what I said. Fast. See, you thought it was. Nah, everyone yeah. always thinks it's gonna, it's gonna be, be hard. Long. You're out of every. I've had thirteen guests. At mm-hmm. least probably half of them have been like, "Oh, like, what do I need to prepare for this?" It's like, mm-hmm. y'all relax. Relax. It's, it's chill. relax. it's chill. I do the prep. You it's a, the it's prep. a flowy conversation. Well, we it, we go with the flow. But um, so there's this this article that I wanted to talk about with you. Sure. Um, and it just came out. April 15th so yesterday and so the title is following all-time high in CPS appointments and CPS stands for I should know this CPS is counseling and psychological services Dolan Dean Dolan urges faculty towards compassionate practices and so just some quick stats that I'll read out from this article it says that this March was the most appointments required in student hospitals hospitalizations um, ever Ever. at CPS and there were 1,490 clinical appointments this March alone which is in one month that's great which is completely absurd and I saw that number and I was surprised and then on the other hand I thought about it for a second and I was like it really makes sense it does make a lot and so I wanted to ask you some questions about it first before I shared my opinions but would you say that um, after we've transitioned to to an online since we transitioned online last last March, mm-hmm. does it feel like your workload has increased, or does it seem like the professors just, or does it feel like uh, professors have kept things where they used to be, mm-hmm. or lowered it, or increased it? How do you feel like things have changed? So yeah, when we got kicked off in terms of academics, I really did not appreciate the way the university handled our academics and the way classes sort of went. My first really big issue, and like a lot of my friends have the same issue was just sort of like the grading system when we first got out. Because a lot of schools like Yale, I'm pretty sure Harvard too, they either said, we're gonna do universal pass-fail or we're just not gonna do pass-fail one or the other. But Princeton did this weird thing where like some, it was sort of up to the teacher. So some of my teachers, like my two best classes that I had A's in, they turned into mandatory PDFs. Me too! That's what I'm saying. And Me that, too! That the three classes I wasn't doing so hot in, they were optional, right? So I had this weird, should I PDF, should I not? So that sort of, like that's that caused a lot of stress for us, and I really would have appreciated it if it was either all just universal PDF or just all optional, not like some of them mandatory. So that was really really stressful. Then in terms of workload, like you mentioned, the whole CPS thing, um, yeah, the workload has been absolutely ridiculous since we've gotten back, like since we've gotten, um, since we've gone virtual. Excuse me. Um, so I I already knew Princeton was hard. Yeah, we all know that. Like, we're coming to Princeton. It's going to be a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number like, one in the country for a reason, mate. Exactly. <laughs> we, we, earned that, we earned that spot. But, um, yeah, freshman year, it was, it was hard, but it was still manageable. I felt like I had a lot of time to do things like club soccer and piano. 
But I think when we transitioned, either teachers between different departments stopped communicating or they felt that, hey, these kids are locked in at their in their homes all day and they can't go outside and do anything else. So we're just gonna give them work that will last like a whole day as opposed to exactly. the standard like 30 minutes to an hour of homework for a class. So then they just piled on these projects after project after project. They never let up. And I honestly feel like there was so much more work being assigned during this whole COVID period. And even now, like this semester has been also very, very tough for me in terms of work. And I, I, I don't know why the teachers did this. Maybe they didn't talk to enough students before making decisions. I think that could be a big thing. It would have, it would have been very helpful. And also just because even like workload aside, just the whole state of the world, like it's a very stressful period. Like COVID is not a joke at all. Like some of my family members have gotten COVID. Some of my family friends have like passed away from COVID. Like this is a very serious issue where a lot of people are going through different things with their family. And it, I think it would have been, it would have shown a lot more character from the school to sort of have more compassion in these times and sort of ease up on the schoolwork just because like literally the world turned upside down and, but the school sort of just like, I not more you have more time for homework so here's more work so I didn't really I didn't really like that dynamic at all but I mean there's nothing we can really do about it so and and like the CPS um the the appointments like you said over a thousand just in March it actually makes sense even me myself I I used their services this last semester because I there were times where I was just like so overwhelmed where I just like couldn't handle it at all I was really lost in what I was doing um so I actually use their services as well and I, I want to say like me personally, I thought their services were great. Um, very, very accessible. And like the people you talk to, like always listen to you, always give you advice. And it's it's a very great, great thing to do. So I encourage people to actually use that resource because it's there. And I'm pretty sure it's free. I think it's I free. I think it's free. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, it better be better free. Be, better be <laughs> Could you imagine they try to yeah. kill us and they make us yeah. pay to try to get help for them exactly. trying to kill us? <laughs> so I think it's free. But yeah, I actually encourage people to just, if, if you're feeling overwhelmed, actually try it out because this the teachers have been wilding out. They've been wilding out. Do you, th- do you feel the same way? Oh, yeah, for sure. And wilding. it's funny because you mentioned the ex- the reason that you, tr- you th- the the what you described as the probable reason of the teachers is exactly what I think it was, too. Mm-hmm. The fact that now that we're off campus and we're not going to practices and sports games and parties, they're like, oh, all this time just freed up for them. And so let's fill up that time with more work, work for, to, for them to do. <laughs> and so that, in my mind, that's what, that's what their reason was too. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that that's, that March when we got sent home, at the end of that year, I had, I was in five classes, I think I had group projects to do in three of them. Mm-hmm. What reason are you making me do group <laughs> projects for in this semester when we all literally just got sent all over the world? Is it, would it really be that hard for you to adjust it to, oh, let me remove this one group project exactly. that is not even that important? That I don't even remember what the assignment was mm-hmm. at this point. So, yeah. People are like different time zones and stuff. They have to stay up so late. Yeah. Like, I were... remember my coast partner, Brittany, uh-huh. she's the homie for real, uh, last, last um, when we first got sent home. Like she she lived on or she lived in Oregon. Oregon's good. I'm gonna tell you. I'm a one up you right now. Go. Uh, no, you go. <laughs> okay, I'll go over. So she lived in Oregon, and we we do coding together, and we mm. have to like stay up at weird times to do it together, and like go on to go to office hours. I'd have to stay up till like 3 a.m. sometimes, so we you know we could coordinate our times working together. And I don't think teachers really understood that in terms of group projects. So I think they should have eased up a little bit. But but you can one up that. I can one up that. Or there that. was a girl in my dance class mm-hmm. who lives in Malaysia. Malaysia. You know what the time is in Malaysia right now as we speak? What? Twelve hours ahead. Ahead. It's, yes, ahead. Oh, it's a whole so, half day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So our oh, so our, our dance class was probably like two thirty uh-huh. p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern time. Shawty would show up at 
2.30 a.m. to dance for like two hours. And it got to the point where our dance teacher was like, y'all got to show up. You know, yeah. like it's not. So at least that made sense. That made yes, sense. The fact that people like were four all dances. over the world, like there's people in Australia. I think oh. they're also like 12 hours ahead or something like mm-hmm. that. So I think it might be 16 actually, Australia. Something, oh, basically some, something ridiculous. So, mm-hmm. yes. These numbers, sense. at first, they... Uh, they might shock you, but, but then when so you get sense. into it, it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. When it says the number of students who have been hospitalized is up 60% so far this year compared to the same time period a year ago. Mm-hmm. You think? You think, yeah. <laughs> you, you, think? you think? That's what that's think the... think you know the reason. <laughs> yeah, the, it's not the, that hard. The direct result of little <laughs> little adjustment. And like you said, too, I think we had to pe- petition mm-hmm. to get even PDFs PDF. passed. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird when other schools realized, like, this is a, a like a pandemic. Let's just do all universal pdf because these kids are going through a lot a lot of their families are sick and like some, some people are like going home to not good home situations right how are you going to study in those situations or where they have a lot of chores a lot of responsibilities and on top of that you have covid on top of that you have princeton work and on top of that you have more princeton work than usual makes no sense just yeah it was a a, no a recipe for a terrible terrible situation and we are seeing the results of it as we speak so hey Fix it. Do do better, Princeton. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just a few quick things I don't want to touch on because also this is the last episode of the season. Well, second to second last, last with the student. Yeah. And so this is the last one that I'm going to record. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to touch on it all. So even if it's a longer episode, who cares? People will listen. They will listen or they won't anyway. listen. Yeah. It is what it is. I'm gonna just keep on talking. Um, <clears throat> so in the fall we had the Jason Derulo concert. Which was an eighty thousand dollar waste of money, since uh, TikTok is free, and so we paid eighty k for Jason Derulo in the fall. And so it came to my attention yesterday that Penn, the University of Pennsylvania, they have a spring concert series coming up. Sure. Do you want to guess who the artists that they have are? I feel like the way. Oh, I feel like it's gonna be like hype artists. Can I? Right, I mean, actually, no. You, the, you probably won't guess it, but just guess anyway. Okay, I'll, I'll do three guesses. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Playboy Cardi. Wrong, but that's no. These are good. Good okay, guesses. Okay. Yeah, just guess. I'm, just I'm guess. I'm thinking yeah. Dua Lipa. Oh, I wish, but no. That'd be so <laughs> <high>. <laughs> no. I'm thinking. Uh, Black Eyed Peas. Are they still together? I think Fergie left. But the other three from our together. Right, so Black Eyed Peas. Those Honestly, fit. Honestly, it's very hard to just randomly guess three artists. Yeah. So you were wrong on all counts, which <laughs> which is okay. But I'm gonna tell you the three artists that they have for sure. their virtual. Um, they call it Spring Fest or whatever they call it. Yeah. It's their summer, uh, their Spring concert series. It is Chloe and Halle, the sisters. You know the sisters. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wale. Okay. Shout out Falara. Wale okay. Falara. And Wizkid. Wizkid. He's a Nigerian artist. One of the biggest artists in the world. I've, I've never heard his music You've before. never heard of Wizkid? Wow. No. See, I'm going to put you on. You that's that's, that's, a after, on. that's a after the pod type thing. Interesting. So, basically, three huge, huge artists. artists. Yeah. Three. Mm-hmm. And we got one in the fall. And it was Jason Derulo. <laughs> dancing in his kitchen. Dancing in his damn kitchen. <laughs> that was the one. Yeah, that was a huge waste of I don't know who's like, whose idea was that. For, he, he's a little washed up. A little, <laughs> a little, very washed. He's up. only still relevant because of TikTok. Literally, and the TikToks he makes are like pretty problematic. Have you seen some of them? I don't watch TikToks. So I wouldn't know. I, I, I've just seen some <laughs> of them. They're like they're not funny at all. They're just very like your basic, just stereotypical jokes. They're not funny at all. 
and then he was literally just dancing in his kitchen and something you could have just watched on YouTube on for YouTube free. for free. Um, so the yes, I watched I, maybe two minutes of it, then I was like, nah, what is? This? Oh yeah, I didn't even I didn't even bother. Yeah, and I, so and the reason that I first of all bring this up is to say we need to do better. Even mm-hmm. if we're gonna spend eighty k on virtual performance, not Jason Derulo. Nah. If you pay Wiz, oh, Wiz kid, dude, I'm gonna push you. Oh, yeah, I don't listen to even you. Wale, even just oh. Wale would be high. The fact that they have all three of those artists at the same time that's crazy. At the same time, it's it's, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. In the event that lawn parties are in person in the fall, yes. who do you think Princeton should bring? And he, but another thing that I want to say is, mm-hmm. we probably have the budget to get anyone. Probably. We do have a, yeah, we do got have a lot of money. A lot of money. I would assume so. Uh-huh. If Penn can get, because kid is, there's no way he's cheap. No. If other schools could get, basically I like, to, I like to judge what we can do based on what other schools can do. Yeah. Because we got more money than other schools. Yeah. We're supposed to be the number one school in the country. Yeah, lucky, lucky. So, if, as Penn being the standard, who do you want to be our fall lawn parties performer? So, I've researched his prices. And although he's a little more expensive, uh-huh. I honestly think if this guy, just him came, just like only only he came, it would be the best experience of my life. Probably and that person obvious, is? Lil Uzi Vert. <laughs> Did? Wait, <laughs> I want to wait. Lil Uzi Vert. If, you guys, if anyone knows me, you know how much I love this guy. <laughs> like, you know, he's like my, oh my goodness, he's my greatest all time. Honestly. I want to say, yeah, look at this. What? Look at this. I just Googled it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's Penn. I freaking hate Penn. Mm-hmm. Penn Spring Fling this weekend mm-hmm. and the headliners. Oh, wait, no, no. Wait, sorry. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I feel like a. Uh, what's this? The Yale College Council announced that American rapper Lil Uzi Vert will be the headliner for its Spring Fling concert, and this was in 2019. So, yes. Oh, this is a perfect... Oh, this is perfect. Okay, because it has every college's lineup. <clears throat> Yale had Lil Uzi and Anna Luna. I don't know who that is. All right. Cornell had Steve Aoki. Pretty big That's DJ. Dope. That would That's be dope. That would be, that'd be really fun. Penn had Miguel and J.I.D. Oh, Miguel's my guy from Miguel Dreamville. Miguel and J.I.D. from Dreamville. As yeah, I'm wearing, yeah, my, as I'm wearing yeah. my Dreamville hoodie right now. Brown guy. had Daniel Caesar. Oh, fuck, love oh yeah, she's dope. Amine, Mitski. I don't know. Mitski, she's dope. Stefan Don, who that is? I, I've heard that name. She, she was in she was in an XXL freestyle, I'm pretty sure. Word. She's one of the freshmen. Columbia had Rena Sawai. I don't know who that is. Tierra Wack, I've heard of her. Harvard had Batsy and Kiara. Kiara. I know Kiara. Okay. Even Batsy, I know some of the songs. So basically, look at who everyone else pulls. And I want to say that this year, because it says Princeton is still TBD, mm-hmm. 2019, that must have been the semester we had, um, I want to say Cupcake, like 303, and Rich Homie Kwan. No, and and um, the guy who sings Gas Pedal. Oh, Sage yeah, freaking Gemini. Sage the Gemini. <laughs> so the fact that every other, I, I, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know every other school one. pulls all these big Huge people, artists. and we are just getting Jason Derulo. <laughs> Our last in person was G- Rich Homie Kwan, 303 Cupcake. Yeah. I don't know why we're struggling because we can get people like Lil Uzi. Anyone, any other school could get, we could get. It's that, Exa- it's no, that, it's that simple. 100%. And it's I don't that know simple. why we don't, we don't push for it, try to get these hype artists. I, I think a year before I came, you had Boogie. Boogie came. A Boogie was my was freshman high. spring. That was hype. I missed that. Yeah. Now, that, that's a, that, I would. I'll pay for that. I'm that's not crazy. that big of a, of a, a boogie fan, mm-hmm. but the semester, so my senior of high school that spring was Vince Staples. 
That would have been the first person that I'd be like, okay, I, I'm showing up for this. But every other one, I'm showing up for the vibes, not for the artists. Like, I haven't gone to alarm parties for the for the artists yet. That's right. So, Princeton, do better. We are all expecting a lot. We want Throw a lot of money at whoever the artist is yeah. that's going to be here in the fall. Yeah. Or even worse, very worst case, if it's in the spring, mm-hmm. throw even more money. And I want to see Drake at our school. <laughs> Do what you got to do. But that'll break the school. That'll literally break the school. And what, what's our endowment? We got billions and billions and billions. No, I'm just saying, like, people get so hyped. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be crazy break it. That'd yeah, be so hyped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do better. Whoever do picks better. these please, things, please, social, please. whatever, do better. Please. Um, and then the last thing that I want to talk about before we get to our, um, our Tiger Confession section is... Um, did you see who the, the class day speaker is for the class of 2021? Oh, this year's? Yeah. I believe it's Trevor Noah, correct? It is Trevor, Trevor Noah. Noah. South yeah. African dude. South African Great guy. guy. Yeah. And I love Trevor Noah. Same, same. Funny. Actually, no. Trevor Noah. I I don't love his stand-up. You don't? But I love everything else. Okay. It's so like, in interviews, very intelligent, very funny. He is funny. Dude. His show, <laughs> very, funny. very good, very funny. But his stand-up, for some reason, I don't... It doesn't hit. It doesn't hit for me. Okay, but still, love Trevor Noah. Great guy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, great guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was a little disappointed. Because what? remember how last year was supposed to be Marshawn Lynch? Yes. I was fully I hoping that they would bring back bring Marshawn. Back. That I would that would be very, very I, I I'd want Marshawn Lynch back too, honestly. Just because I've seen a lot of his interviews, just the type of person he is. Such he's just a beast, honestly. The kid guy's a beast. He's an intelligent guy. He's very intelligent and he's very straightforward too. That's what I like about him. Like he just says what he thinks. He's not like very filtered, which and I like sort of that raw sort of speech. Where people literally just say their actual feelings, and um, I feel like he's he like get people have get people inspired. Like you said, he's a, he's a very I don't think people give him a credit for how intelligent he is. Exactly, and that's what I wanted to ask you. Do you remember last fall mm-hmm. or last spring when it got announced that he was going to be the class day speaker? Mm-hmm. Just the amount of uproar from a lot of different people. I, I don't understand why. Why did they? Why was there uproar? They didn't want him. Yeah, because they look at him and they're like, oh, there's some dumb football player who might not have. Obviously, and this is probably the key thing, people, um, they pair your vocabulary with your intelligence. And so just because he doesn't speak the way that they would like to hear him speak, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, this is a dumb guy. guy. But anyone who's ever just listened to him talk knows that he's very intelligent. Who cares if he doesn't speak the way that you want him to speak? Mm -hmm. And so I think that was the biggest reason. People were just showing their true colors. They're like, oh, just because this man speaks in a certain way, he obviously is not that smart. Yeah, I think that's actually a pretty problematic, like, view. I think it's pretty pretty privileged view like like you said just because people people all around the united states and all over the world have different dialects different way they speak and just because you don't use you know fancy words for example does not mean you're any less intelligent than people who do like marshall lynch knows how to get his point across and if you just sit down and actually listen to him and don't think oh like i feel i feel like a lot of people have preconceived notions of oh like you said this is just some dumb football player who just Eat Skittles. Like, <laughs> beast mode. Beast mode. He doesn't really care. But if you actually listen to some of the stuff he says, he knows what he's talking about a lot of he the does. time. And I feel that, yeah, that uproar actually did bother me a lot. And it just sort of showed sort of like a negative light on the, on the people who were like mad about it. Just like, you have to be a certain way to be good and enough it, to speak at Princeton. It made us look so stupid as university. The way we were getting trashed on Twitter. Because mm. people were like, oh, these privileged Princeton kids. Privileged Obviously, Princeton they kids, don't yeah. want Marshawn to come. I was like, no, please. I I do. Do. No, I do, please. <laughs> Please come, please come. Yeah. So um, that's I'm hoping that honestly he'll say yes to come back, but maybe our class just eventually at some point, yeah, maybe so he could that. deliver whatever great speech he was gonna deliver. Yeah. Where it could be like protect your chicken. Have you seen that speech? Yeah. Where he's speaking to the young players uh, like save your money, like protect your chicken. I'm just here so I won't get fined. I'm just that's here so. Favorite class. Just 
a great guy. Yeah, and so he's a nice guy too. That's the thing. Nothing against Trevor Noah, but mm-hmm. I was like, damn, I wish they would have brought back Marshawn. And so, and also, just one more thing to add. The same way that you mentioned that just because someone doesn't speak with the best vocabulary, it doesn't mean that they're not smart. A lot of you who use big words, you're not that smart either. No. So your vocabulary does not mean shit. A lot of people, <laughs> to be a perfectly lot of people when they use big words, they don't know what they're They don't even know what it means. <laughs> Every time someone will use a word, I'm like, I, I want to stop and like, define that word. You You've done that to me before. I did, did, that, did that to you. It was an enigma. It was an enigma. I used that word. You said, yep, define that? <laughs> <laughs> you got me on that one. So, yes, that's the yeah. thing. First of all, yeah. yeah. Don't. First, don't use words you don't know what they mean. True. Just because you use big words doesn't mean you're that you're smart. smart. Um, doesn't mean you're smart at all. Doesn't mean you're smart at all. Okay. And that, I think, with that, we're going to bring it to our Tiger Confession section. Listen, listen, I've never heard about this Tiger Confession. That means you don't listen to my podcast. No, I do. But I don't think I've got to the end. That's even... I, I don't know if that's better or worse. No, I've listened to a couple of them. I listened to the first one, the one I promoted on my Insta. With Jelani? No. Oh. And it was maybe the second one. Max. You don't listen to my podcast, bro. That's no, okay. I do. No, Ex- I do. Expo- no, no, I do. I do. I do. No, no, I do. I do. I seen the one with Jake. Okay, the one that that was the last episode. That was the last episode. Yeah. yeah, I seen those two. Okay, and but you didn't listen all the way through. Interesting. No. Listen, maybe thirty minutes. Thirty was there? On just out of curiosity, why do you only listen thirty minutes? Because like me, just personally, like I don't listen to podcasts a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I, in general, like I don't listen to any podcasts in. in in real life, was like besides this one, so I don't know I get pretty restless. Fair yeah. enough. I don't know. I, I will recommend um, they're great to go on drives too, or that's fair, that's to fair. go on walks or to work out too. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I get that. That's I'm not like yeah. oh you know what's my po-? like yeah, it's no, 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 no. again I always end these with like I don't assume that anyone's gonna listen to me for like mm-hmm. five minutes. So the fact that we're, we've done an hour and eight minutes, like if you listen, cool. If you don't listen, also cool. It, it is what it is. But so I do a target question section where I read a post. Yeah. Um, and then we discuss it, and if it's a question, we'll answer it, or if it's just a comment or a thought, we just share our opinions. Okay. And so, the first one, honestly, this it's just a quick one, and honestly, it's, I'm just going to read it. It says, currently accepting boyfriend applications, any single boys out there, and I just want to use this moment to say, we've all heard over the last hour and nine minutes about the renaissance man that Ali is. So, <laughs> ladies, he's your guy. I don't know where he's at in his life, if that's what he's looking for, but I'm putting him out there for you anyway. So, yeah, that one you don't have to answer. That was just, because I knew you were this guest, so I was like, I'm going to put that out there for him. The man speaks a little bit of Dutch, speaks a little bit of French, a world traveler, classically trained in the piano, man plays soccer, he's an engineering major, he's got some great jobs lined up for the summer, great charisma, great personality, very outgoing. What, what, What else is, what else could you need? So honestly, he might not be ready to settle down, but whatever he is. Great option out there Thank for you. the I'm ladies. Very, I'm very flattered. Thank you for that. Okay, so you don't have to say anything else to that. That was just me, me here yeah, to gas you up. All right, now the second, more, more uh, real one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a frosh, and I have met a ton of people, and they're nice, and I always have a group of friends to hang out with, so I have friends in quotations, mm-hmm. but I low-key haven't really found anyone that I'm genuinely close with. Wow. Anyone else feel this way? Oh, that's actually, that's a very good one because... Freshman year, at times, I felt the exact same way. So I I think for this person, I'd say, I think it's more of a thing freshman year where you're just meeting so many new faces and going out and having fun with so many new people. A lot of the friendships are just that. 
like all these people I go out with but when you get down to it like who am I gonna have deep combos with who really likes the things I do and that's not to say like these people in freshman year are like bad you shouldn't hang out with them of course you should like mm-hmm. hang out with those people made my freshman experience so much better but I think as you get more serious in your clubs especially um, like when you pick a club you really like and as you get more serious in it and also as your major gets more and more concentrated and you get into a lot of smaller classes you will really start to find people who really you link with and you have deep connections with and for this person I'd also suggest in your classes find study groups with people you think you'll like because like my boy Ibra, Ibrahim he's on the track team sprinter he's like one of my best friends here right now at Princeton and we met through class and we just like started studying together and through that, you know, I learned he's from Canada. He watches anime like me. We just have a lot of similar similarities. And like right now, he's one of my best friends here. So I'd say just give it time. Don't worry too, too much. I don't think this person's alone at all. I felt the same way. And just give it time, freshman, a sophomore, and maybe even it might even take to junior year where you get more concentrated and you'll find those people who you really, really connect with. Yeah, and this this confession is uh, it's similar but also different to some that we've talked about before because mm-hmm. a lot of the other freshman posts have been I don't have any friends at all. Mm-hmm. So I think this actually a, this is progress. This is a it's good, progress. This, it's, a good it's, it's progress. It's a good step to the fact that they say that That's they have people to hang out with. Yeah. That is promising. But even just the second part of it, where you feel like you don't found you feel like you haven't found anyone that you're genuinely close with, and does everyone else feel this way? Mm-hmm probably every single freshman yeah, yeah. feels that way because like you said you come in and it's just the people that you're around whether it's your z group oa group whatever mm-hmm. the people that you're around with because you're forced to be around with and that might be who you form initial connections with but then over the course of the year um and especially towards the end of your freshman year and start mm-hmm. of the sophomore year that is when a lot of restructuring will happen without you even consciously trying yeah, to think about it happen. it just naturally happens yeah. so i would say just give it a little bit of time and in no time you will just be with the people that you are genuinely close with and ha- are able to form these actual bonds with 100%, 100%. and then the last one mm-hmm. is are oh, you smiling like that <laughs> i always smile you know me. You know me um and this one it said this it says upperclassmen be honest but like anyone can answer this mm-hmm. upperclassmen be honest in a normal test do you like princeton more because honestly, I was so excited to come here, and and the quality of teaching and everything is such a letdown. I wanted to be excited to learn, but the classes make it impossible. Sheesh. Yeah, I feel like anyone can answer this, not just upper class. That's a loaded question. Wow. Um, the quality of courses. So, before before coronavirus, my for my okay, I'll say this for a lot of my introductory courses, it was very. What I found at Princeton was very hit or miss. Either I absolutely loved the teacher, or like this person said, I didn't feel like it was up to par, or for example, worth the money I was spending to come to the school. So for a lot of those intro classes, I feel like it's very, very hit or miss. But um, later on, like spring semester of freshman year, I really, really started to appreciate my classes. And uh, I had a teacher called Shauna, she taught ENB327, which is an environmental ethos class. And she really, really got me like very interested in sustainability and I actually worked with her freshman summer. Shout out Shauna. Yeah, shout out Shauna. <laughs> homie for real. And then um but but you'll you I, I have found teachers that are like, oh, this is what Princeton really is like. This is this is why I'm paying for this school. This is why I tried so hard to get into school. So I, I do feel like at times it's worth it. But I do want to just take a step back and mention that there's this one class that I really really think the school if anyone's listening i really think the school 
should reconsider completely. <laughs> and it's Matt 201. And I think 202 as well. I didn't take 202, but I took Matt 201. And I kid you not, it's the worst class I've ever taken in my life. I've always loved math, like ever since I was little. And this actually almost made me drop out of engineering. <laughs> First of all, like there's no professors. It's only taught by TAs. TAs post like bootleg videos. And so we just end up having to read a textbook to learn all of multivariable calculus, which is a hard subject. And then the tests they give are just impossibly hard in a short amount of time. And I'm kidding you not, that is the worst experience in a class I've ever had in my life. And I highly encourage the school to, to like reevaluate that, those courses. And so those courses were like, I was very disappointed with them. Yeah, I, and I only I'm, I only took 103 in the in my freshman fall, but I also remember be, being very confused that there was no professor. Yeah, it was just like a, a grad student grad who student, yeah. sometimes couldn't explain stuff that well. Just <laughs> wasn't as good at conveying their ideas as they probably should be. Mm -hmm. And I think it probably is that might be the class that they throw them into as their first class to teach, so they're also working stuff out. But I'm not here to have you work stuff out. No, I need I'm you to, to I need you to be on your teach. stuff. I'm yes, here, I'm here at Princeton, especially since. I chose another reason I chose Princeton is because this is like a more STEM school than Yale. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'm gonna get the best math and sciences ever. Then taking this Math 201 class, which was, I literally just used Khan Academy for everything. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't learn a thing from Princeton. It was very very disappointing. Yeah, I've heard a lot about 201 and 202. So I yeah, I got out of the maths after 103. That was that was enough for me, and I mean I was able to make things work regardless. But it, it's just back to the question though. Mm -hmm. um, I think. Again, kind of like you said, when you're in a lot of the intro classes, you might be less impressed with the teaching. Yeah. But when you do get into the smaller classes, I will say the quality of teaching is is very good. Mm -hmm. From like my AS class with Professor Glaude, that was a great class. My other AS class with Professor Walmack, I had this. Um, my it was intro to policy making class. Mm -hmm. um, damn, I'm forgetting my professor's name right now. Damn. But he, just a great professor, great class, learned a lot from that class. Even like my dance class that I was in, just great instructor, great professor. Mm -hmm. So this is probably, maybe this person just took a bunch of intro classes. But I think when you when you take smaller classes, whether or not they're in your major, mm -hmm. I think you then really get to see the quality of the prison education that people really talk about. Yeah. So I disagree with this person. I am not let down. I was let down my freshman year, but ever since then, it's been only, only mostly, mostly good things mostly. to say. <laughs> mostly good things to say. Sure. But um, there we are at an hour and seventeen minutes. Wow. This has been the longest episode that I've recorded. Oh wow, that's good. Look at that. I think that's a good sign. That hey. is a good sign because that's hey. what because we, we could just chop it up. We yeah, could just keep going. We, yeah, yeah but cool. again, it's cool. um, so Ali, thank you for being a guest. Do you have any final words for the people? Uh um, just thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, shout out all my boys. <laughs> you give, you giving the most shout outs by far. Shout first first and first Montreal. and last names. Yes, sir, give out the rest of your shout outs right now. <laughs> shout out my boys in Montreal. You know who you are: Carson, Sedge, Mike, Noah, Jimmy, Kyle, all y'all. Barg, like shout out all them. Shout out the fam. Shout out Constance, my mom, my dad, Sherfy, my grandma, Essie. She's my rock. Yes, sir. My sister, of course. So shout out all the. Are those all the homies for real? <laughs> that, was, that was the whole squad back home in Montreal. They're the homies for real. And shout out my boys in Summit too. I didn't forget about y'all. Well, there you go. The, the most shout outs we've ever had on Go With The Flow. But um, this has been another episode of Go With The Flow. Thank you for listening. If you're still listening an hour and 18 minutes in, I love you. Thank you. Um, and yeah, everyone have a great day. Yeah.